Welcome back, everyone. It's Anne Marie and Dr. Jamie for another episode of Beauty from the Inside Out. And we are super excited to be back here. Ah,、uh, we are. We took a little hiatus and now we're back. Now we're back and we got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> so much to talk about. Let's go. Don't we always? But, anyways.、Um, okay, so. Very quickly, I just wanted to、um, let you guys know that our last episode on the eating our、um, feelings is that what it was? Eating out our feelings or yes, something it was emotional like eating. Yes, the emotional eating episode. We got a little disconnected at the end.、Uh, we had technical issues, we both had Wi Fi issues, and but yet we loved the episode. Well, so we released it to you guys. and We didn't get to do our ending, in which Jamie always sounds amazing, and I feel like we got cut off. So,、um, if you guys have any other questions about it, I'm sure we'll cover more of it as we go. And when we do lives, I think that's a great topic to discuss for sure.、Um, and I'm back on track, just FYI. <laughs> I stopped、oh、emotionally eating about five days ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, Amory、anyway. proving that she is a normal human like most. Yes, I, you know what? And honestly, maybe it's mental, maybe it isn't, maybe it's both. But let me tell you, I am a new human today. Like, I have so much energy. <laughs> my skin feels amazing. My insights feel amazing. And I want to point out, because you and I talk about this all the time privately, like, this, I, I, I didn't do this reset. About losing weight or anything like that. I just wasn't feeling great emotionally and internally. I was feeling like inflamed and I, I don't know. I just felt like bloated, but like it didn't look it. I just felt it. And I was like, okay, it's time to stop eating the cookies. It's, it's time to like enough with the bread, enough with all this stuff. So I did like my broth cleanse that I'm obsessed with. And I'm back and I feel good. And I'm sipping my matcha、Yay. right now and I'm very happy. So、um, <laughs> that's it. All right. So, what are we talking about today? You told me we're talking about Candida. Yes. Candida is a big topic that I'm not sure why we haven't yet covered. Just, I guess, because we don't have enough <laughs> hours of the day to cover them all. But it was a topic that came up a bunch of times in the last couple weeks. I had a bunch of friends bring it up to me.、Um, and I thought, wow, I was like, you know, I actually don't know a lot about it. And I know it's something that a lot of people either suffer from or think they suffer from. And a lot of people sort of treat it without even knowing they have it. So I was like, this is a great topic to talk to Dr. Jamie and understand like, if you haven't seen a doctor and you think you have it, let's figure out what the actual symptoms would be that. Could possibly mean you have it. And I guess let's figure out what you can do from home until you actually get to go see somebody, especially, you know, since we're still a little bit under quarantine and it's kind of like hard to just go get an appointment for things that are not like, I guess, you know, immediate necessities, right? So, absolutely. Or, you know, if it's not urgent, a lot of people are not really. Um, pursuing sort of wellness medicine outside of their home right now, understandably,、uh, because of sort of what's happening in the world. But so, yeah,、um, there's definitely a lot of things that we can talk about just sort of taking care of your、uh, own inventory of symptoms. Okay, so Candida, what is Candida? So, I'm going to preface this all. And for everybody listening, Anne Marie told me this is what we're talking about, but we didn't actually talk about it ahead of time. So she's not aware that I'm going to go in a little bit 
to the, with the opinion of it is a very overutilized, often um, not accurate depiction of symptoms that people experience. Of so, course, just like everything else. On the well, internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so candida is yeast, right? So a candida infection, a candidiasis infection, candidial reactions, they're all reactions of a yeast overgrowth in our body. Now, most women, if you've hit the age of 30, 35, have at least once in their life experienced a yeast infection. And it is so uncomfortable that you will do anything and everything to never experience that again, because it's pretty bad. If you're listening to this and you're in your mid thirties and you haven't, then you are a very lucky small group of women who've somehow not had that experience. So when you're talking about yeast infection, we're talking vaginal. Is that yep, what I'm talking okay. about a female vaginal yeast infection. So Got it. most um, women, their first experience of yeast that they recall is a yeast infection, vaginal yeast infection. However, most humans' first experience of a yeast infection is a diaper rash. And oh, wow. that, mm-hmm. now not all diaper rashes are yeast infections, to be clear, many of them are not, but often sort of think about a diaper, right? A wet, moist environment that's easy to breed. You know, it's dark, it's cold, it's moist, it's wet, or it's sometimes warm, but it's, it's the perfect environment for yeast infection. Um, so often, uh, diaper rashes are people's first experience of a yeast infection. We just don't remember that. There are many types. There are yeast infections in your mouth. That's called thrush. Yeast infections vaginal, of course. There is anal yeast infections, which usually accompanies like a, a very severe itch. There's di- there's diaper rashes, which are yeast infections. So you can get a yeast infection in many different areas in your body. Obviously there's, it's usually like a moist place. It's not, I mean, you can get them on your skin as well, but what you're talking about with me, when you talk about people want to talk about yeast, they're not talking about yeast infections. They're not talking about diaper rashes. They're not talking about any thrush. They're talking about what they believe is a systemic infection causing symptoms throughout their body that they can't actually identify so like in your gut right yeah okay so i have a lot of people that will come to me and they'll be like i think i have candida and i'm like (laughs) okay right you know so what are you feeling and it's like well um my ears are itchy my skin is dry i'm exhausted i feel bloated um my skin is blotchy sometimes it's red um and they'll give me symptoms from head to toe from sleep to diet from skin to energy and they're all very vague. They're all non-diagnostic. And the reason why is this is not people making these things up. This is not like some like BS thing. The reason why that this is sort of the common way that people experience candida is because they go online. Thank you very much, internet. And it's like, take this candida questionnaire. And it's like, do you have red Thank you, WebMD. Yeah. What is that, WebMD or no, whatever? But, yeah, Google. exactly. <laughs> but this one isn't even WebMD because WebMD would be like, no, that's not a real thing. This is like sort of like the the circles that's like, maybe you have chronic candida, you know, follow our diet, take our supplements. Oh my God. Um, but so it's like, you know, do you have redness in your skin? Yes. Do you crave sugar? Yes. Do your ears sometimes itch? Yes. Have you like, and then at the end of this candida questionnaire, they're like, wow, you answered yes to 10 of the 15 questions you most likely have a systemic candida infection and that is how most people come to the conclusion that they think they have chronic yeast now 
they may have a something going on in their body which is going to connect back to the gut because it always will um, and there may be sort of growing some yeast they may be yeast dominant they may have yeast in their body that is not the same as an infection and therein lies the difference we all have bacteria in our gut that's the microbiome. We also all have yeast in our bodies. It's just a matter of how much, how concentrated, where it is. So a lot of times I, I feel the frustration that people come to me with when they think they have candida. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really that like that because they want an answer to all of these symptoms. Understandably, we all do. And the answer is not so simple. So before I go on a continuously lengthy rant about um, the Crandita questionnaires all over the internet. I think it is important for us to remember that an imbalance of the bacteria, yeast, and fungi in the body can lead to a lot of symptoms. This doesn't necessarily mean it's an infection. I have actually seen a few cases where people have systemic chronic Candida infections, and I will tell you they are very, very, very ill, like very sick. It's not like, oh, I have slight symptoms. Like it's a, it's a very definitive type of illness okay i have a question yeah so before you continue um when you said about the uh having um candida on, in your mouth mm-hmm. or let's call yeast in your mouth um what like so i had a friend who was like my tongue is white she goes i have candida and i was like okay i was like i don't know but i'll find out right so how do you, how do I how do we approach that right like because couldn't a bunch of different things be causing that not just yeast absolutely so some people have white coating on their tongue since the day they were born and it's sort of almost like a, a genetic thing if you will some people get a white coating on their tongue if they you know change their diet um, some people I know this sounds so ridiculous it really sounds so stupid but I've had people that come in and freak out about a white coating on their tongue because they they didn't realize that they like ate yogurt two hours ago. And the tongue holds on to things, right? If you eat a red ice pop, check your tongue in two hours, it's still red, right? So you have to be a little bit mindful of that. The other thing is there are a lot of reasons why you can have whiteness in your tongue. If you've ever done acupuncture or Chinese medicine, tongue diagnosis is huge in the um, in the Chinese medicine world, in the acupuncture world, and they will have you stick out your tongue before they look anywhere else because they're going to diagnose based off of the tongue. There's so much that our tongue tells us from geographic tongue to color of your tongue to how um, wet your tongue Just is. Just so you know, I'm sticking my tongue out trying to of look. Course. Yeah, everybody does. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, and so when someone comes in and they have white coating on their tongue, it doesn't mean they have candida. Maybe they have some yeast, possibly. Usually if you have thrush, which is a candida infection of the tongue, the whiteness does not come and go. It is a very thick film of white that doesn't go away. It's there no matter what. So that's sort of helpful for people to understand. But, you know, a lot of people will look at their tongue and be like, oh my God, my tongue's white, I have candida. And they may have some yeast, but that doesn't mean it's candida. It doesn't mean you should start taking all the supplements and then follow a candida diet. Now, what I will say is yeast is like weeds in a garden. It is hard to treat. It's hard to get rid of it. You think you get rid of it and then sure as heck it comes back. So 
there are things that can make us more prone to yeast infections, which are, of course, high sugar diets, poor diets, excessive alcohol, excessive use of antibiotics, lots of stress, anything that's going to cause an imbalance to the microbiome, the gut balance of the gut bacteria, steroids. So if you have... Okay, so wait. So there you go. So that's the next question I was going to ask and just even answered it before I could ask. So if you think, let's say you have the thing in the in your tongue and it's not going away and it's thick and you're like, okay, I'm going to do an elimination diet, right? Which is sort of like what you just started saying. No alcohol, no sugar. Um, she would say like no bread, no, like no... Um, what's it called? Um, I guess you could do a, let's say, gluten-free diet type thing. And then the symptoms start to subside. Is Are you in the right direction to your diagnosis, self-diagnosis? Or that still doesn't mean anything? Well, an elimination diet is a great tool for anybody to see if the way that they're eating is affecting the way that they feel. A true elimination diet is easy to find the parameters on. And it's basically taking out dairy, soy, corn, sugar, wheat, gluten, breads, processed foods. Everything. Right, well, you keep, yeah, you, everything that is in the standard American diet, but if you keep in all your, you know, vegetables and proteins and, and some nuts and seeds. So an elimination diet really does help people identify if they're eating foods that are connected to not feeling well. And okay. in the absence of eating disorders, of course, because we talk about that all the time, anyone listening that has an eating disorder, none of this applies to you because that's a different world. But um, for you know someone who doesn't have disordered eating, an elimination diet is a phenomenal way to identify foods that are problematic. And also the diet that we continuously talk about, Whole30 is an elimination diet. It literally yes. was written to eliminate foods for 30 days. So... Um, yes, an elimination diet is awesome. But if you eliminate things in your diet and your your slightly white tongue goes to a normal color, that's not proof positive for candida. It's proof positive that something you are eating is disrupting what would be the That's exactly balance. what I was... Okay, so here we go. Okay, so let's say this person eliminates all these things, a Whole30 type diet thing, and their tongue's still not like great, but it has gotten a little better, right? Then... Do you, for candida, to know you have it, do you need to do a blood test? How do you actually test for it um, to then completely attack it, right? To, to remediate the actual issue. So it depends on who you see from a physician standpoint, because most conventional physicians are going to tell you there's no such thing. That it's like, yeah, like of course. you can't, like, there's no yeah. test. They're not going to do a blood test. I mean, if you do a blood test and somebody has candida, a yeast in their blood, like it is a major issue they are potentially very 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 ill so there's not a, a single test now in the functional medicine world we will look to see if there's candida growing in the stool because if there's candida growing in the stool we suspect that there's a candida issue in the gut and candida in the gut is more likely connected to these symptoms um, when women have chronic recurrent yeast infections we often think about candida in the gut being an issue um, of course there's also uh, recurrent yeast infections that come from uh, sex and partners, but that's different. But there's definitely a version that comes from the gut. So um, there's not a single test. It's not like, oh, you go just get tested for candida. You know, all of those little tests out there that are like, scrape your tongue and let's tell if it's candida. They're not, that's not really sort of, they're just looking at pH. So all they're doing is saying like, oh, is the pH above seven or below seven? And then they sort of generalize, but it's not reliable. 
Is there like an antibiotic you take for candida per se, or would you treat it more homeopathically, more with diet? So you absolutely have pharmaceutical medications for yeast infections, right? That's why women would take fluconazole or metrodiazole, like they're, they're, they're azole antifungal medications. Which, by the way, does really screw up your gut, just absolutely. FYI, right? But also, if you have a really bad yeast infection, you're going to take those medications and treat it because it's worse to not treat it than to treat it and then deal with the gut secondary, right? So you always have to weigh, weigh the risk-benefit ratio. If somebody has an exacerbated yeast infection, you need to treat that first and then address the gut side effects or sequela of the medication thereafter. Um, Which is when you and I talked about, like, if you're going to take something like that, then we, like, have to get the right probiotic and the right stuff to go along with it to give you gut exactly, support, correct? Correct, right. So yeah. there's a lot of pharmaceuticals for yeast. There's a lot of over-the-counter for yeast, right? You can go to, to the drugstore right now and find, you know, vaginal um, cream suppositories, things like that, that will treat, treat yeast infections. And they're the same medications that you get uh, via prescription generally. They're just a different strength. Um, so, but that's treating the infection. So let's be very clear here. What we're talking about is somebody who's like, I think these symptoms may be related to a non-infectious yeast overgrowth. And what can I eat and what can I take to make sure it doesn't turn Correct. into yeast? Because if you're listening and you think you have an infection, you need to see a physician. If you're listening and you think like, oh, I'm always like symptomatic. My ears are itchy. My skin is itchy. You know, but it's not, it's nothing that, a, that someone is going to diagnose as infectious. Well, sure. Then let's move this conversation to talking about, okay, so what do we need to do in our own lives? Well, the first thing I see all the time that people do, especially right now in quarantine, is they change their diet. They're like, oh, I don't need any sugar. I don't need any flour. I don't need any wheat. I don't need dairy. I don't need any gluten. And guess what they have every night? A glass exactly. of wine. Exactly. If you think that you have yeast issues, you need to get the alcohol out of your diet before you do anything else. Because I see people that'll stop eating apples because they're worried about yeast. And then they're just sitting there drinking their rosé like it's not even an issue. So um, if you are somebody who's listening and you're like, oh, I might be this person who's got yeast issues, your first thing to check is alcohol. Okay. Because yeast ferments off of alcohol wonderfully. Yeah, it's like, hello, yeah. welcome to Loves my party. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you want to think about the sugars in your diet. Now, that doesn't mean you should go on like a keto diet. This is not what I'm saying, but what I am saying is like, no, like processed sugars, right? That's what we're Well, that would about, be your no? first step. So if you're somebody who's got a lot of processed sugars after you look eliminate alcohol, you can definitely think about, okay, do I have a lot of sugars in my diet from other sources, from yogurts or ice creams or cookies or, but, or, you know, your matcha latte that has sugar in it, or your agave, or your uh, maple syrup, whatever it is. Um, and then there's this whole idea about fruit also being something that is high in sugar. And although fruit does have considerable amounts of sugar, we know that it's a healthy sugar. But for somebody who really, really does have yeast issues, fruit can be a little bit exacerbating for their symptoms. Are there some fruits that are worse than the others for this type of thing? Well, um, not that's not proven. Some people say, like, oh, fruit with okay. higher sugar is worse, so don't have, you know, bananas. But we actually don't know that to be true. Remember, the content of sugar vastly changes in the fruit depending on the ripe and ripeness and age of the fruit. So whenever people are like, oh, don't eat bananas, they're too high in sugar, I'm always like, 
gosh. Like, <laughs> you know, it's such a good, it's such a marketed ploy to get people to buy into your diet program. I just had a woman I was talking about this with, like, you know, when you create all these ultimatums, you make it impossible for somebody to be successful. So, um, yes, there are definitely like fruit juice is a concentrated sugar, fruit cocktails, fruit syrups, fruit parfaits. If you're eating, you know, some blueberries with, you know, a, a non-sugar yogurt, I don't know that that's really the problem. But if you're having like fruit salad or, you know, these fruit concentrates, then yes, that could potentially be it. But um before I would have somebody do a candida diet, because I think that they're just sort of extremely rigid, I would do exactly what you just said, Anne-Marie, which is have somebody try an elimination diet. Because more often than not, you're going to feel an improvement. And then you reintroduce foods one at a time. And that helps you determine what was bothering you. So you take all these foods out for four weeks. That's it. Just four weeks. Some people only take them out for two weeks because they're they're able to identify an improvement. And then one at a time you bring food back. And that is really um, uh, very informative for people. So, okay, so let's say the person eliminates it for four weeks and all the symptoms go away. And then what would you reintroduce first? Mm -hmm. So the least problematic to the most problematic. So... For example, let's say you were taking out dairy, corn, soy, wheat, um, sugar, and uh, give me another one, dairy. Let's just say dairy, corn, soy, wheat, and sugar. I would say, have you ever had a problem with corn? And you'd be like, I don't think so. I just took it out because it was on the elimination diet. I'd say, okay, well, let's bring back in, you know, just straight up farm fresh corn on the cob, throw it on the grill, no sugars or anything eat that for two days, three days in a row, and let's see how you feel. And if you're like, I feel fine, I'd say, great. I can tell you that I don't think corn is the issue. Now, if you don't feel good when you eat corn chips and corn meal, but you feel okay on corn and the cob, it's not corn that's the issue. It's the processing form. But if you can eliminate corn and then for three days you bring in corn on the cob, you grill it and, you know, eat it out of the husk and you feel fine, we can say that corn is fairly safe for you. And then we would move on to something else. If you said, I don't really think it's soy, I'd say, okay, well, let's get an organic block of tofu and edamame. Let's bring them in for three days in a row. Let's see how you feel. If you notice your ears get itchy, your skin gets blotchy, your stomach gets bloated, you get a headache, then we're going to say, okay, that symptom is positive. So we're going to take that food out. We're going to try the next food. So you always start with the thing that you think is going to be the least problematic. And then you add in the one that's going to be most problematic towards the end. So I'm going to say alcohol would be I just wouldn't one. bring it back in until we can identify the symptoms because most people like I had this guy I was working with a few months back he couldn't understand why he was having these abdominal migraines like massive abdominal migraines um and you know I connected it to alcohol for him and it was a really hard sell because he'd be like no I only I only have drinks you know on the weekend and, and I don't sometimes get this migraine until Tuesday or Wednesday and this is what we call a delayed hypersensitivity the reaction is not always immediate so you know I just wouldn't bring alcohol back in because it's not a necessity in a food group so I would just say listen if you're really if you're really that intent on us figuring these symptoms out we're not going to complicate this by bringing alcohol back in Got it. But I think the next thing is that people will be like, okay, but what about all these things that I read? Like anti-candida pills and like supplements for candida. 
caprylic acid is one of them and um milk thistle is another one and dandelion and people are always putting on all these supplements for candida and i get it when you don't feel well and you think there's something wrong you're willing to do anything right like we've all been there where we're like what should i take just give me something and you're sort of like throwing just darts and hoping you knock something down um the first place you should start when it comes to supplemental therapies for candida if you really do think you have candida then you've got to think about your gut so you don't want to think about like things that will kill yeast you want to think about supporting your gut to allow your body to do it so i always say probiotics of course right like what do we know we heal the gut we work on probiotics potentially glutamine to help with inflammation of the gut thinking about things like um uh maybe enzymes digestive enzymes but i really i don't i don't send people during down this route of like crazy candida supplements until i've really worked on the gut and then one more thing cuz i'm just going off on tangents um <laughs> is a lot of times candida is affected by the environment that it can grow in so it's the ph so a lot of people will go towards like these acid base balancing things um you know more acidity and sugars being problematic and so um it's it's very hard to change the acidity of the body the body does a really really strict way of keeping our ph of our blood and our urine in check that's what our kidneys do when your ph is not balanced you essentially are very very ill so when people are like oh well, my ph isn't right like that's another sort of expanded exaggeration because if your blood ph was that off you would be in the hospital okay i understand so my recommendation i would say for me like if i was experiencing the symptoms you know i would say find a doctor i would say alternative medicine that would probably i don't know start with the stool test no i would say kind of no, like, i would say no? if you think you're experiencing these symptoms try doing an elimination diet Oh yeah no of course I'm talking about oh, okay. after the elimination diet what's your next step because we've definitely covered the elimination we told you to do that already so you're still not sure you still don't know what's going on next step right because you're saying you go to a regular physician they're going to be like exactly. that's not a thing um yeah i think you have to so you you try the elimination diet you identify that it was positive foods are making you feel worse you think it's connected to candida you can definitely find an integrative physician and or an integrative nutritionist and or an integrative acupuncturist integrative chiropractor somebody who is educated in a little bit more of the the layers and the depth of sort of the, these types of uh non-diagnostic syndromes if you will and you want to be really careful and listen i'm not negating anybody's intentions to sort of earn money but a lot of these places are like pumping you full of 75 supplements, you know, $5,000 worth of testing and you don't really even know what's happening. So whoever you're working with, you need to make sure that you sat down with that physician for a good or that practitioner, I'm sorry, for a good hour. If someone is not sitting there talking to you, really understanding what's going on, how it happened, when it started. If they walk in the door, they're like, "Oh my god, you definitely have candida." 
you know, here's three tests you're going to do and, you know, $175 worth of supplements. Say thank you, no thank you, and walk out the door. Because in order for somebody to truly understand what is happening, they need to sit with you and very much go through all the, the ins and outs, the nitty gritty, and then create a plan for you from that. Not just some have candida, here's my protocol. Like, just beware of all that. Yeah, everyone's different. So everybody needs their own plan. It cannot be a gen- like a general thing you just give to everybody that yeah, you think have that. Just, so that's and it can't super just be important. Be a doctor who walks in the room for you know ten minutes, looks at you and says, "Oh, you have candida." You know, here, stop by my you know front desk, buy all these supplements, and you know do these seven tests. And you know that I get it. Like I I know why the, the system was built in that dysfunction, but that person doesn't I mean they don't know anything about you like you need someone who's going to literally sit there and go through everything with you 30 45 60 minute visit to understand what what's happening all right okay I think we have covered enough information on the possibility of some of you guys listening having candida and what to do about it and like I always say You can reach out, ask us for questions, or you can just simply make an appointment (laughs) with Dr. Jamie, who would actually take the time, more than an hour, by the way, and actually get to know you and understand your medical history before she's diagnosing you and giving you. I remember the first time I met you, I'm like, so what do I take? You're like, nothing. But like when? You're like, nothing right now. First, let's figure it out. You were like, wait, wait, shouldn't I have like some supplements and a diet? And I was like, nope, no. No, we're not. Doing nope. That. But also, yeah. and this, I, I don't want to make it sound like a marketing push for me. I think anyone that's listening on this call can sit down and say, if I really think I might be experiencing symptoms of candida, I'm going to get a journal. I'm going to do a month long elimination diet. I'm going to try and learn more about myself and see if I can make some changes in my lifestyle that facilitate feeling better. And if I can, I know I'm on the right path. And then when you do make that appointment for whoever you see, you're going to feel so much more invested in the money and the time that you spend because you've already sort of done a lot of the legwork. And somebody that wants to really heal you will be appreciative of oh all the gosh. work you've done in the elimination <laughs> 100%. process. Like it would be your dream oh, client. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, listen, and if you like, you can do an elimination diet, you can try a probiotic, you can, you know, go to acupuncture. I fully support all of these things. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this is it for now. We're glad to be back and uh, we'll tune in next week. And we can, I'm I'm thinking, what are we talking about next? We got to figure it out. We just talked a lot about candida and skin, so we could jump into skin again. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, everybody, have a beautiful day. Stay healthy. And that's it. Right? Anything else? Be well. All right.